Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Just want to share a few thoughts this morning. If, if I was uh, going to give this one a title, it would just be kind of like original intent. Original intent. Original intent. Verse, uh, verse 26. Then God said, Genesis 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. And then it goes on. It's quite beautiful. Uh, so that, that, is, that is literally the, the foundational passage because when you design something, you always design it with an intention. You design something with an intention. This pulpit was designed because how does someone speak and put their notes and everything down? So the pulpit was designed because there was a purpose before the design. That There was an intentionality before it was designed. This little side table was designed... As a, as a side table so that you can put drinks and water and, you know, if you've got product or resource and to accompany this. And so when somebody was designing this, before this existed, there was an intention that this thing would have a purpose. Can I tell you the devil's great lie is that, that you just kind of happened. That you just kind of stumbled into existence. That you just kind of stumbled upon life. But God created you, and there is nothing, there is nothing in all of creation. There is nothing that exists. The chair that you're sitting on, the phone that you're holding, the, the coffee cup that's holding my coffee. The, there is nothing that exists. There's nothing that is in existence that wasn't, that wasn't brought forth because there was a purpose for it. These speakers exist because we have a purpose of getting the sound to travel from the microphone through the speakers. And so design set in place. But before the design took place, there was an intentionality and there was purpose. The devil's great lie over your life and over every human being's life is, no, 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 God, God, is, God is less than man. Man may create things, the guitar, and God may, man may create things and things exist with a purpose, but not you but not you. But you need to understand the fact that you are here, the fact that you are living, breathing, walking on this planet. God had a purpose and then God designed you to fulfill that purpose. God designed you to fulfill that purpose. Now, now it's so important that you find your purpose because if I said, well, I'm just going to repurpose this, I'm going to call this 
refrigeration. And I'm going to go and I'm going to get all my refrigeration goods and milk and put it on here. And, and I'm going to call it refrigerator and hope that it can, and then I'm going to pour that milk on my kids' cereal. They're going to be throwing up. They're going to be vomiting because that's not what its purpose is. And there's a, the devil knows if he can't keep people from discovering their purpose, from believing that they have a purpose, then he's going to misguide them in their purpose. And so people get caught up in all kinds of wrong things. So our job in the, in the kingdom of God is, is what I call the original intent. The original intent is, number one, every single person that walks into our church, that walks into the house of God, walks in to a place where they ought to discover they are, they are carriers, they are image bearers of the image of God. They carry the Imago Day. Not only do they carry the Imago Day, but they carry the signature of God on their life. The Bible says we are His craftsmanship. We are His workmanship. That we've been fashioned for good works. God created you for good works. You, you bear His signature. And the more that you press into God, the more that signature begins to stand out. And all of a sudden you begin to find that your life takes on a masterpiece proportion our job is also to to encourage people that it's only through God do you discover who you are whose you are and your why your why we have people today that they, they have all kinds of purposes but they're not the purposes of God people caught up in all kinds of you know save the spotted owl and you know protesting against this and against that and it's and it takes their energy but it's not their it's not their destiny it's not who they were created for. So let me say all of that to say this. that when you read the Bible, two things that you discover, the two most beautiful things about reading the Bible is the first thing that you discover is God. As you begin to read the Bible, you begin to see God. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing God. You see His heart. You see His character. You see His nature. You see His goodness. But the second thing that should happen when you begin to read the Bible is, is not only do you see God, but you should begin to see yourself. Because the Bible says God created man in his image and in his likeness. So whenever you begin to see God, God is, God is, there's a reflection that should happen where you begin to see yourself. You know, and it's amazing how often I've seen myself in the Bible. I see myself. I see myself in Adam. Uh, sadly, I've seen myself in Saul. You know, leaders rising up, David's rising up and, and, uh, and insecurities on the inside of me like, reveling to 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 find some fault with them to and I'm like man why 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 can't I rejoice that God is using and raising up other I see myself sometimes I see myself in Samson the vulnerabilities the temptation sometimes I see myself in Joseph you know isolated forsaken you know betrayed everything gone wrong and all, all I've got is God and I'm not going to let go of God and 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 you begin to see yourself in there and it's such a beautiful thing because the Bible is meant to relate to you it's never it was never designed to just be a book of history it's never me, meant to be designed as a theological text that you just have on on your shelf it's always meant to be a mirror it's almost meant to be a place that you feed on the word of God it's meant to strengthen you it's meant to show you God and then show you you show you God and show you you when you see God you begin to see potential you begin to see covering you begin to find a surety and then as you begin to see you you begin to see the cracks and the weaknesses but his light shines through those things so God's original intent 
was to create man in his image and in his likeness. Now we know in Genesis chapter 2 that God creates a garden and there he puts the man whom he had formed. And so a lot of people think, well, God created man because, you know, after he created all the heavens, he's like, oh, shoot. He's going to look after this stuff. I know I'll create some little worker drones. I'll create some little oompa, loompa, doompa, dee, doo. I have another puzzle for. He'll create some oompa loompas. Just like little, little miniatures in his image and in his likeness. And what do you get when you cobble down sweets? Eating as much as... And he didn't create you to be an Oompa Loompa running the factory. I know, I know Willy Wonka did, but not you, not God. God did not create you as an Oompa Loompa to run his factory. Okay, I know it's a little quiet this morning and maybe I'm not sure what it is. Okay, my fly's not down. Um... It's amazing how many people have the mindset, though, that, that the God created man to be his Oompa Loompas to run his factory. And Genesis 2, God created a garden there. He put the man to tend and keep it. No, no. God created you for fellowship. God created you for family. God created you for relationship. God created you for connection. God created you for connection. I think the last organ that is formed on the human body in, in, uh, in the uterus is the skin. Your skin is the largest organ on your body, and it is filled with nerve endings, the power of touch. Adolf Hitler wanted to raise a, wanted to raise a generation that weren't, weren't bogged down with compassion and empathy. He wanted to, to raise a generation. So many of the Gestapo were given a, were given a little uh, Alsatian puppy, a German shepherd puppy. And they had to, they had to keep it for a whole year. They ha had to sleep with them, had to feed it, they had to do everything. And then after one year, they had to kill their companion because he wanted to make them. And so what he did, he did experiments where they took little babies and, and they thought, well, rather than coddle the baby when it cries, maybe that makes a baby weak and dependent. Let, let's, have, let's take these babies and isolate them. No one's going to coddle them. No one's going to. And maybe then we can raise a, a, a generation of warriors, of soldiers, who, who can kill because they not feel any remorse or pity or compassion, only to find that the, the exact opposite happened was that, not one of those children survived more than four years. Not because they, they got all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of ailments, all kinds of infirmities, because there's something that is therapeutic. There's something healing that happens in touch. Now, let me just say all of that to say this. I love that we have systems. When I said to, to John Cameron, who started his church, Rise, uh, Arise Church in New Zealand, said, John, give me one key, one key to, to, to success. How, how, what, tell me what you've done. And he says, Jurgs, if you will build systems, systems will build the church. And so I absolutely believe in systems. I absolutely believe in systems. But can I tell you, nobody wants to get saved and be part of a system. Let me just let that drop again. Nobody is excited that they got saved. I met Jesus and now I'm part of a system. Oh, and my testimony is I, I got set free from drugs and now I'm part of a system. 
No, no, nobody wants to be. Now, we, under, we understand on the back end, we got to have systems because we, we have to give an account before God. And we want to make sure that every person that gets saved, every person that visits, every person that rededicates, every single person is important. So we want to have systems. But listen, it's, it's, people aren't... Adam, was, Adam and Eve were part of a system. They were part of a solar system, an ecosystem. They were part of a system. But God didn't create them to be part of a system. God created them for connection. People are longing for belonging. People are hungry for connection. We may rejoice in our system, but if our system is not producing connection, if our systems are not, or if we're replacing connection with system, we're failing. We're failing. Our church grew because Leanne and I, I got saved on a beach. I didn't know that you're meant to do systems. And, uh, and then I didn't know that there was a whole lot of, you know, religious liturgy. All I knew was that I love God and that God loved me. And then I knew that God's love for me, which I kind of felt like I was really special. Then I began to discover, he's like, yeah, how I feel about you, I also feel about others. I'm like, what? And uh, come on. And, uh, and then I began to realize that God can make you feel like a number one, but he wants everybody to feel like that. And the same healing I've received in his, his almost indistracted love for me, his intentional love for me that has brought healing and deliverance and salvation and breakthrough and blessing. It would be wicked of me not to want other people to share that and other people to experience that. So then, then we you know, put our hand up and said, okay, well, let's do this in, in youth ministry. And now in church ministry, we understand that people don't come to our church because they're looking for a system. They're looking for connection. They're looking for a connection with a loving God. They're looking for connection with people. They're looking for connection to a community. Some of them are looking for, you know, connection maritally. I wonder what that church is like. And, uh, but everyone's longing for connection. When, when, we, when we started the church, uh, there wasn't a Sunday. I just thought, if I've, I'm going to eat after church. It's important to eat after church. So Leanne and I, we already know we're going to eat after church. So we just thought, why not just every week? We can't do it with everybody that comes. Why don't we just identify a couple or whatever and take them to go eat after church? I remember uh, one beautiful family. We, we went to Red Robin and we're sitting there and we're getting to know them. And, and we're halfway through the meal. And I'm you know, about halfway through my Red Robin, Royal Robin burger. It's the one that comes with an egg. Love the Royal Robin. And I'm halfway through and, and, uh, and, and he's grabbed the check. I'm like, wow, that is generous of you. And I'm still chewing. And he goes, yeah, this is how we tithe. I'm like, what? He goes, this is how we tithe, you know, buying, buying lunch for the pastor. I'm like, no, no, the tithe belongs to the Lord. You can't eat the tithe. I don't want to eat the tithe. God, ah, ah, I didn't know. And I'm thinking, you know, and uh, so I had to. Had to kind of gently explain, no, actually, you, you don't get to spend the tithe. You, you bring the tithe. You don't get to spend it, you little cheeky rascal. And, um, but, but every week, and, and we, 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 we were at Thai Spices so often that, that they gave me on my birthday, they gave me golden chopsticks. Now, I don't think they're real gold, but yeah, they gave me golden chopsticks, and they love me. I mean, they would always come in and they, they knew my order. Oh, spicy number six. 
They knew I didn't have spicy five. I had spicy sick. And, uh, and she, knew, she knew that I liked brown rye, not white rye or fly rye. It was brown rye. Spicy number six, brown rye. Spicy number six, brown rye. Over here. And, uh, and so, you know, but we were there every week. So they knew my order. They, they loved us when we come in. You know, they'd have people lined up waiting and they'd push them away and they'd get us a table. Because we were just there every week. But every week we would eat with, with somebody new, somebody new. And one of the great dangers as our church grows is that what, what was the, the great strength in the beginning can get lost in the professionality and the functionality and the intentionality that systems never replace connections. Let me say that again. Systems never replace connections. Can I also say this, that activity never replaces productivity. Like God says to Adam, see, I've given you every herb, every tree that yields fruit. So he could come along and check on Adam. Adam, how are you going today? Really good, God. And what have you been doing? Oh, building rock piles. Man, I'm flat out, eh? So busy, God. I, look at all these piles of rocks I've built. You've got to be so happy now that they're very impressive piles of rocks, Adam. But they're not going to produce anything. Yeah, but I've been busy all day making piles of rocks. No, no, Adam, I said, see that every tree, every herb, every fruit-bearing plant has seed. To you it shall be for food. I need you to see that you need to give yourself to reproduction. Not just labor, not just collecting what's in the ground and putting it into piles. Because that's what people do. They take what's in ground, they put it in piles in their bank account. They put it in piles on hills. They put it in piles in cars and piles in bo- and piles in and they think that God's impressed no, God's impressed with reproduction God's impressed with fruitfulness be fruitful and multiply God says to Adam in other words make more of you now that happens in two ways obviously Leanne and I we've made four but it's not just that way either it's reproducing yourself in other people Jürgen, I've given you a preaching gift. Are you raising up these people with a preaching gift? I've given you a ministry gift. Your job is to put that ministry gift on other people. I've given you a heart of worship. Does, your, does, does the people who come into your influence, do they have a heart of worship? I've given you a prayer life. Do those people have a prayer life? I've given you ability to, to, to tap and get revelation from the Word of God. Are you imparting that? Your, your job is to reproduce you. If you're the only person doing your job, you're failing right now. Because you're meant to be raising up, you're meant to be developing somebody else who can do. You, we, are, we, are, we never get off the hook of reproducing ourselves. The first commandment is be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Churches stop growing when, well, we don't have another drummer. We don't have another bass player. We don't have another sound person. We don't have another lighting person. Well, we don't have anybody else to run the cafe. Man, we don't have anybody. And, 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 what is that? It's because for whatever reason, this message, the original intent has stopped. You're meant to be reproducing yourself. You are called to go and make disciples. So who are you discipling? Who are you bringing along in the journey? Who are you walking with? Who are you grabbing a hold of? Hey, let me show you what I do. Let, let me explain this to you. This is what we do. Every single one of us. You know, sometimes I think that we need to take inventory of our weeks. And, uh, you know, and I do this and you can, you can get anxious and you can beat yourself 
yourself up. So don't, don't go there. If you find yourself going there, just you know, pull back. But I always look at my week and, and, uh, and look, was I as fruitful as I could have been? What was I as fruitful as I could have been? You know, I remember my beautiful Leanne, um, I think it was we were maybe two or three weeks into living here and coming up to start the church. And I, I came home and, and I said to Leanne, I said, babe, babe, best day ever, best day ever. And we were living up at Scripps Ranch. And she's like, oh, what, you know, what happened? I said, oh, babe, I had like, you know, eight meetings today with people. And most of them are going to come to our first Sunday. And Leanne's like, oh, where are you meeting them? And I said, oh, that's an even better thing. Because we were looking online where you can kind of hire, you know, professional uh, office space where there's a secretary of the phone and you get your own number and you get your own little suite and, you know, and you can rent that suite. And that, you know, they even put, you know, uh, C3 Church San Diego, they even put that on there. And, and I said, babe, we don't even need to spend that money. Starbucks over here is amazing. Because in Australia, if you spent $3 on a coffee and then sat there for more than an hour, they're going to kick you out. You can't sit there for 3 bucks out. Beat it. We're trying to get other people in. There. I said, but not here. Americans are so kind. I could sit there the whole day. And then it's like, hang on a minute. You don't even drink coffee. I'm like, I know. She goes, well, who are, you, who are you meeting with? I said, all oh, these guys, Pete Dorado, and, you know, who's like the six foot six, you know, the tallest Mexican in, and, and, you know, he was doing Hapkido and Jiu Jitsu and karate and all these martial arts. And, and then I met a couple of guys who were in, the, you know, the Marine Corps and everything else. And Leanne's like, well, hang on, you're at, what are you drinking? I'm like, hot chocolate. He's like, you can't drink hot chocolate and inspire men. I'm like, why not? Because you can't. And this is, this is, you know, this is long before Pride Month and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm drinking a hot chocolate. I didn't even know that there was a Prius. There was no such thing. At, but I was just drinking hot chocolate. And so she's like, you got to change. And so she got me to start drinking, start drinking coffee from that moment. So I got to tell you, Leanne and I had, we just, we just made Starbucks our office. Our church grew before we had an office. You know, today I don't have an office. And it's not because I'm a victim and Cat, who's in charge of HR, somehow left me off office. And, and uh, I, I love not having an office. Then I'm not responsible for this. No, 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 that's not true. No. <clears throat> because I, I found that when I had an office, pum, 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 knock on the door, and there was just, and I got caught up in office stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do office stuff. I like people. I want to be developing people. I, I, I want to be unencumbered from all of that kind of stuff. The connection with people. If you're a pastor, if you're a leader, it's all about people. Every week, fill, your, fill, your, fill some days with you connecting with people, listening to their stories, listening to what they're walking through, praying with them, bringing a word to them. And I'm going to tell you, when you have back-to-back meetings, I'd love to tell you, I, I woke up in the morning and the, an angel of the Lord came and visited me in the evening and he gave each one of you a word and here it is. And at 9.45, I knew you were going to be here, Skellywag, and your word is, you know, you, you'll find just sitting there, the word of the Lord will come to you. Someone sharing something, all of a sudden, wham, the word of the Lord will come or a scripture will come to your mind and you share that with them. You build them up and then begin to find places for them. I think we've got to get back to our original intent. God didn't cre- God created systems, but he never wanted man to be just part of a system. He wanted man to have connection. Not only did he want man to ca- have connection, he wanted man to find purpose. And that purpose was in being fruitful and multiply. 
exercising authority and dominion. Come on, how many people know that we're here, not, not just to, you know, be in the corner and, we're, hey, world, you go and do your thing. And when you're ready, we'll just come out and mop up the mess and then we'll, you know, shrink back into our corner. Uh-uh-uh. We're here to get people out of darkness, out of bondage, out of the snare of the devil, out of the web of lies of deceit and deception that he's woven. We're going to bring them out of that. So, you know, we, we want to raise up mighty warriors and warrior princesses that know how to bind, that know how to loose, that know how to sombra da, that know how to lay hands and impart the Holy Ghost, that know how to raise up warriors, know how to raise up leaders. The future of our church depends upon our ability to do the basics, to get back to the basics, to get back to original intent. Who are you discipling? Who are you developing? Who are you connecting with? Who are you meeting with everything rise and falls on that you know for Leanne and I over the years what we have found is uh, the fruit that we have in New Zealand is still lasting is still lasting just because there were people that we connected with that we loved on that we prayed with and today they're doing things for God people in Australia people that we connected with people that we loved on people that we built up people we laid hand on doing great things God wants to do that but he doesn't want it to finish with you who are you developing? Who are you raising up? Who are you connecting with? Keep building teams. Keep reproducing yourself. Keep reproducing leaders. Keep raising up people that lift their hands and say, man, whatever it is, whatever God's got for me, pastor, count me in. I, I want to be part of this. Let's keep raising up mighty warrior and warrior princesses. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Come on, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today for these magnificent sons and daughters. And Father, I pray, Lord God, today we will get back to original intent original intent just with your eyes closed and your uh, heads bowed just turn your palms towards heaven turn your palms towards heaven God's original intent with you wasn't a worker now he did in Genesis 2 give Adam work but there was a whole chapter where Adam didn't work where he just felt the connection of God felt the presence of God felt the love of God because God wanted to make a distinction between working for him and walking with him. Just hear that again. God wanted to make the distinction between working for him and walking with him. God didn't create you to be an oompa to run the factory. God created you to be his son and his daughter. God created you to be in fellowship in his family God created you for connection. The devil knows if he can disconnect you from your fuel supply, you're going to run out of gas. If he can disconnect you from your oxygen supply, you're going to suffocate. If he can disconnect you from the fuel, you're going to burn out. Your first calling is always to God, walking with God. How's your prayer life? How's your word life? There are busy seasons, but always make it. I'm getting back to prayer, getting back <clears throat> to the Word, getting back to worship. It's number one. Then out of that, we then work. Out of that, we find mission and purpose. We're not just building piles of rocks that are here today and knocked over tomorrow. Our work is reproducing. Our work is discovering God's gifts, God's talents. Our work is raising up and developing. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.